Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Delilah Walter. Delilah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Derek, for having me. I appreciate it. All right. I'm excited for our conversation. But before we get into the interview part of, of, of our discussion, um, I want people to know who you are. So I'm going to read off your, your impressive biography here. All right, so if, if you're tuning in, um, here's where I'm going to talk about Delilah and her experience as an attorney. So, so, so tune into this. So, Delilah D. Walter is a native of San Antonio, Texas. Graduated from Theodore Roosevelt High School, a product of its award-winning JROTC program. She graduated from the University of Texas at Austin in 2008 with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Psychology, minor in Sociology. While obtaining her degree, Delilah was hired on by Dell Incorporated, where she was a technical support analyst and data analyst for eight years. To continue to expand on her analytical skills, she returned home to San Antonio, Texas to obtain her Juris Doctorate from St. Mary's University School of Law. Upon graduation, Delilah worked as a supervising attorney to a longstanding local law firm establishing processes, implementing quality improvements to, to productivity and legal work, and leading attorney teams in the practice of SSI disability and personal injury law. While doing so, Delilah provided real estate legal services to an in-house lender, then established a real estate legal department that represented clients in residential real estate legal matters to include foreclosure law, real estate closings, mortgage discrepancies, homeowner finance transactions, title analysis, and landlord-tenant law. Delilah then transitioned to Weisinger Law Firm bringing her real estate practice with her and expanding her legal service to others into estate planning, probate, and guardianship law. Delilah then launched her own law firm, Walter Law, in October of 2019, where she focuses primarily on real estate, but also includes work with probate, estate planning, and guardianship. Her family mottos rooted at childhood were Hernan Cortez, burn the boats and grip fast, the motto engraved on her paternal Scottish clan's shield. Raised to believe that hard work and persistence are the key to success, Delilah provides support to all who need it with avid commitment. Delilah is blessed to be married to a strong, supportive husband, Craig, and has two beautiful children, Alora and Henri. In her spare time, she loves traveling with her family and spending quality time with them at unique cultural events and shows throughout the city to expose them to what the world has to offer. Again, super impressive uh, biography. I'm excited to spend a little bit of time with you and ask a few questions to showcase your journey to, to people tuning in. So maybe the first question we'll dig into is, what inspired you to become an attorney? Uh, well, you know, it started really early, um, which is strange. I, I, think, I think one of the most surprising things about my childhood and, and my family would tell you the same um, is that I was always wanting to, to be in charge. I always wanted to be the talker. I always wanted to be the advocate, the advocate for someone. Um, and I was wanting to talk. Um, ultimately, um, as, as time went on, you know, I, I kind of knew that I, I wanted to be someone who, who was in a career with those attributes or that did those things. I wanted to be in charge. I wanted to be the solution. Um, and so I had always wanted to sort of essentially be a lawyer. Um, what really was a motivating factor for me, and I, you may hear these, this from other folks in different capacities, but the OJ Simpson trial, 
Um, it was probably the most highly publicized uh, legal case um, in in the nation for for several reasons. I mean, it, it was just highly attractive. The media loved it, and so I think it was the first time that as a society we were given exposure to the court process, and and everyone was extremely interested in it. So they were talking about the procedures and and what roles all of the characters in the courtroom played. Um, and one person that really stood out to me was Marsha Clark. There was something about her stamina. And, and it's interesting because one would say that she was suffering a lot. You, you could see her face throughout the entire trial and she was tired. Um, her eyes were droopy. Um, you could tell she was losing sleep and working really hard, but there was something about that character in her and her willingness to, to sacrifice herself. Um, for you know her for her representation um, in this trial and and it was attractive to me. I thought, wow, you know, she's really putting herself out there and giving it her all, and you could see that. Um, and and she was still going. She didn't quit. She didn't stop. Um, you know, on the flip, so I saw that and, and that was just really attractive to me. I said, I want to be that person. I want to sacrifice whatever I need to to make things mm -hmm. happen for people um, and put in that hard work. Um, but at the same time, you know, as I'm growing and learning about that first experience that I had that made sure. me want to be in a I realized that it also um, developed in me a sort of, a, they call it a, a martyrdom um, idea of, of, of work and of advocacy. And, and essentially it, it, it had grown me to, to realize or think that we have to sacrifice our own well-being, our health, our, our, our self-care um, in order to be that, that advocate. And, and I think it's, it's uh, always going to be a work in progress um, for people who are, are highly committed to what they do to come to the, the realization that they don't have to, you know, necessarily um, suffer, right, in the process of advocating. Um, that, that sleep makes you better, that, that um, caring for yourself makes you better and sharper um, for your mm -hmm. clients the next day. Um, but I remember I wanted to be so badly an attorney um, and both my parents knew it. My mom would buy me, um, so we would go to Goodwill and stuff uh, when we were kids. And my mom would buy me the little suits if she found one in like <laughs> a small size. Um, so, so that I could kind of wear them and pretend to be a lawyer sometimes. And she just knew yes. that I always and that I, and so even to this day, I, you know, those that work around me or have, have worked with me in firms before will tell you there's not typically a day where you won't see me in a suit. So I think it definitely <laughs> has grown on me um, and my initial motivation to be an advocate and be a lawyer, specifically a lawyer, I knew this early mm. on. Um, still, it's it, uh, still I wear it of uh, what what I wanted to be um, back then, and I just felt like now I can fit in those suits, and uh, and so I usually won't miss a day without them. Uh, so that, <laughs> that's the story about how I kind of wanted to be a lawyer, and and uh, what you know how my family helped me. Helped I love it. That. I love it. And you know what's fascinating about it is, you know, as people tune in, you know, the different listeners tune in, and they'll you know, come to different conclusions. And, you know, I think what, what, one of the, the ideas that you bring up is how the seeds of the, that one event, the OJ Simpson trial, but, the, but then some more seeds that, you, that, you, that your, your mom contributed to, you know, even your dream, you know, you had this dream early on and she said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help these seeds to grow 
but this simple this simple gesture of going to goodwill and getting the outfit that matches this dream which i think that's a beautiful thing so so let's talk to the parents out there for a moment so parents if you want your daughter or son to become a lawyer one step that delilah just mentioned <laughs> is you know getting those suits on um, early on in their in their journey but um i think it's it's a it's an adorable um concept and to see how how you follow through like a champion you know with all of that yeah i'm so. really blessed i think that you know that's that's support i think i think it's important as a child to see yourself there already and mm. And I, I think you're right. I think it's smart for you to, to, to tell parents that and to take that as a, as a lesson to parents that, you know, you want to do things for them that will help them see themselves there yes. already. Yes, yes. So that it doesn't feel so far away, you yes. know, impossible. Yes. You know, and, and, and uh, what's, what's interesting about it, right? Because I, you know, I grew up, you know, playing basketball and, and, and there's this component of wearing the jerseys, which I, again, nothing wrong with buying a jersey and wearing the jerseys. Um, and then, but, but I, I love the idea of channeling a career outside of, um, again, like if you're trying to get your kid to, you know, do pro sports, that's fine. Um, but even a, a career um, oriented toward um, education or toward a, a trade and really helping them to visualize that because you, we, we almost hear it all the time where um, children have aspirations for these um, high caliber uh, roles like an attorney or a doctor. And then like, what are, what's our, what are small tangible things that parents can do to help um, foster that vision that, that your mom did for you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and I think your mention of trades as well. I mean, there's, there's a definitely um, a, in elevation of trades um, in our society um, right now, I feel like there's been a, a wider understanding of the the quality um, for someone um, who's a general contractor, who's a plumber, who who does who's an electrician. I mean, who does does those kind of work? Um, AC guys, you know, all that stuff is is just extremely um, integral, even in the practice of law. Um, mm -hmm. Trades are an extremely important part of what you know what society needs as well so you think of the you know the 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 belt the construction belts right and mm -hmm. and the you know the work tables and the automotive uh, repair tables that they sell to kids you know and and there's there is money in that these days there is success mm -hmm. in that um and having a trade makes you valuable you know yes. to society so it doesn't matter what that career is or what that that dream is for your child um supporting them early on and, and helping them visualize mm -hmm. themselves yes I, I love it again i I'm, I'm passionate about associations and making positive connections to people with their vision you know i remember even um one of the my, my favorite stories of hearing was uh you know the john maxwell story you know no doubt you know john maxwell coach but but when he tells the story of um him taking out the trash and he found John Maxwell as a child found out that his his friends were paid to take out the trash. So then he's like, hold on, like I'm doing this for free. My friends are getting paid for it. Let me go talk to my uh, let me go talk to my parents. My you know talk to my dad about this. This is this is not right. So he goes to talk to his dad. Hey dad, why am I not getting paid for taking out the trash? And his dad responds, said, look, I pay you to read books. And so your allowance comes from you working for, once you read a book, we're able to talk about it. I know you've read the book and that you're getting paid for reading, reading and completing books. 
Um, if I wanted you to make the association of getting paid for taking out trash, then I, you know, for his dad, you know, he, he, so he describes this idea. Like, I don't want to, I didn't want to create the association of you receiving money for taking out trash. Again, not, nothing wrong with being, being a, a trash, a trash man or a trash woman, but it was just a fascinating because of this association and this vision that I think your mom did with you. And I think about what his dad did with him, which was, um, uh, he wanted to expose him to great content and give him this vision of, um, of who he was and, and what his identity was all about, even at a young age. Um, let me ask you, what, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? Um, you know, one of the things that has always uh, sort of been a, a thorn on my side is the inability of, of folks that don't have the education, whether it's in real estate um, or any other type of law, um, being taken advantage of. Um, I, I remember hearing stories about, well, my mom lost her house because of this, or when my mom died, all of her stuff went to my steps, such and such, um, and we fought over it, and it was this way and that way, um, or, you know, my mom gave, you know, so much money, you know, to buy something, a mobile home, a, a, you know, a vehicle, um, and the person took advantage of, of mom or dad, right? Um, and, and now mom or dad are, are out some funds or taken advantage of, and we don't know where this person is and we don't know what to do next. Um, and a lot of times the, 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 the solution for that was let it go. Mm -hmm. It was always let it go. Well, you know, so I, so, so I would ask questions like, well, what happened? Well, did you call them? Did you go? Did you write a letter to them? Did you, you know, did you get an attorney maybe even, you know, whatever? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, and, and it was like, well, we didn't know what to do. And, and, and we didn't, we weren't educated enough to know that we had those options. Um, and so we just kind of let it go. And so there was, there was always something that I was frustrated with and I felt like I wanted to step in, but I, mm -hmm. I didn't have the education right and I wasn't there yet and so um, one of the things that I always wanted to do in becoming an attorney is advocate for people be yeah. the shining light for them talk to them about look this is this is the deal this is what this looks like if we continue down this track or these are the options for you it's a b c you know let's talk mm -hmm. cost benefit and let's talk about what that means and, and it doesn't have to be you know I think there's a disconnect sometimes in legal assistance and, and simplicity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be complicated. I don't need to use the big words. And if I do use the big words, I say, it's a fancy way of saying this, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I feel that those big words are the boundary that you're seeing in society's inability to understand the law. Now, don't get me wrong, it takes years of law school, the bar exam and studying for the LSAT to get where I'm at um, and lots of experience but why does it need to be so complicated in explaining to people and educating people about what situation they're in and the options they have? So the thing that I love the most is, is, is that moment in, this, in the consultations, right? So I do free consultations. They usually last about an hour, sometimes less if we can get where we need to go and what they need to make happen earlier than that. But, um, you know, and that is the opportunity for me to go, what is wrong? tell me tell me your story and i love the ability to go all right and then slice it into pieces for them and go this is what's happened okay 
these are the solutions to all of what's happened mm -hmm. right and and let's talk about all of those solutions the pros the cons of that decision mm -hmm. and what can be done for you to to bring this to an end um and so i really enjoy them that that moment that clarity where the client goes oh my god mm -hmm. i feel so much better yes they say i feel so much better i get it now like okay yeah and, and it, it organizes it for them in their mind one thing i notice is that most of our anxiety comes from being in the grays the unknown mm -hmm. right and, and I think in our city too, we see that a lot. It's like an avoidance factor and it's the gray because the gray is scary. Mm -hmm. It's, I know this has happened to me. It doesn't feel right. I feel like a victim, but can I do something about that? Is that solvable? Um, what does that mean for me? What is the law on that? Is it illegal? Is it, you know, and we see that in the media all the time now. I mean, with, with mm -hmm. this pandemic, a lot of confused people they're confused because they're in the gray if, mm -hmm. if someone were to sit and explain to them like this is you know this is the reality this is what the order says this is what you're obligated to do this is what you're isn't you aren't obligated to do it would be a lot less scary because then they would know um people would know the facts mm -hmm. um and that's that's the part of my job that i love i i mean i love um you know even aside from the advocacy after that, I love first giving them that sigh of relief sure. and then going, all right, so next step is this is where you feel, you feel good to go, knowing everything you know now mm. about the situation and moving forward with them and then advocating for them in that. Yes. Whereas maybe they just, you know, been depressed, lost sleep, continue to be in the gray. Um, and I, like I said, gray equals fear, right? Lack of knowledge, lack of education. So I, I love educating people um, in a way that gets them to feel empowered and know what situation they're in. Mm -hmm. That's that's my favorite thing about what I do. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. I, I mean, I, I think we could pick apart what you said. I think you, one, one of the things that, that I love what you said is, is sometimes there are uh, fancy, confusing phrases. And what I'm hearing from you is you do the hard work of keeping it simple. You know, so right. you went to go learn to figure out, you know, what these phrases were. But, in your, but then I think your awareness, which is one of the things I love about talking to um, people who do that for me as we as we connect is um, is making it digestible. You know, like sometimes I feel like the, the subject matter, I'm like a baby to it. And like, hey, why are you giving me a steak? But your, your thing is, you're like, hey, like, how do I make this? How do I word this in a way where it's simple, it, it, people can understand it, they get it, and then they could actually, they're more informed, so they don't have to stay in the, the gray equals fear. They can step out of that fear and make an informed decision. That's what I'm hearing that uh, you're passionate about. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I, can, I can tell you one particular story mm -hmm. um, where, you know, I feel like the, that's how it sort of began. You know, he was, he was a, a father um, of, of some boys and girls, and, and he so he had a family. Um, older gentleman, you know, with poor health, had a rough year. I mean, this family, I felt so bad for them. I can't tell you there was a dry eye in my office um, when we had that consultation. I mean, it was rough. 
he had initially first lost his spouse. So he was alone at that point. You know, his wife is gone um, of many, many years. Um, it, it, was, it didn't take very long after that. He had a son that was deathly ill. Um, and so, you know, he, it was maybe two, three months after that, you know, his son then passed away, mm. right? So then you, you move to two days later. I mean, they're doing, I believe they're all in town for the funeral. It was, it was a gathering based on the fact that, that, that his, his son had passed. Mm -hmm. And then he loses his daughter and his daughter-in-law in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Two days later, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, you know, he was confused. He didn't know what to do. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was happening after that is after that he had had a daughter that had promised him to deed over the house that she had an interest in just simply based on the fact that she was young at the time and they added her to the deed. But that was with a promise that she would deed it back after they paid off the mortgage. Well, daughter was refusing at that point after he'd gone through this horrible year um, to remove herself off of the deed as promised to both her mom and dad. Um, and his, you could just tell the pain that he was feeling, you could almost feel it in the room and you can almost see his heart breaking, right? Mm -hmm. um, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what rights he had. Um, he didn't know what could happen or what capabilities he had to, to, to have daughter, you know, sign over this property for him, but he was suffering. Um, and I was able to, at that point, then explain to them, these are the options you have. He felt so good that he was, he was now able to have someone um, maybe that he felt was stronger than he was. I mean, emotionally and physically, this man was just going through, I mean, a diff, I mean, the, you know, you talk about a low, 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 low in your life. This is certainly one um, that, that I could appreciate that he was going through. Talk to daughter. You know, um, had about an hour long conversation with her. It was highly emotional for her as well. She felt, you know, that, that there were some things she was going through emotionally that, that gave her, you know, the ability to keep the house um, away from dad or half of his, his, uh, his estate there. Um, and we were able to convince her, you know, just sign the deed and, and get it. Let's move on. Let's do the right thing by your dad. Yes. You know, it's, 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 it is illegal. Um, but let's go ahead and fix it now. Let's get it before it gets bigger. Um, and you and your dad are in court. And, and no one wants to, to, after a year of deaths and, and difficulties in life, wants to go to court now um, in litigation and do this. And she did. The next day we got it in the mail and then she had signed over along with her, her husband um, the deed to dad. And now dad, it just, he feels so much better, you know, through it. And, and, and that, it's those situations. It's, it's, you know, this poor, this poor man who has gone through enough that makes me feel empowered and makes me feel good about what I do. Oh, yes. I mean, you, there's, there's what I'm hearing from you is that you're able to bring resolution to a world of conflict. And really, you're even able to bring healing to these, uh, these, these really delicate, sensitive situations. You know, m money's involved, property's involved. You know, you know better than anybody. You know, people get people can get a little crazy, you know? So, so um, I, I love that you get a chance to bring some healing and resolution to, to these delicate family matters because it so easily can rip uh, family families apart and, and have a lot of casualties in the middle of all that. All right, so t t tell me a little bit about how you establish work-life balance as an attorney. 
that actually kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Um, you know, I think work-life balance is is something that it certainly is is worth striving for. Um, but but the reality is, I think that that it's it's difficult to do that. Um, you know, especially if you're passionate about something, um, it it is it is difficult to. But you know, I seek out resources, um, and you're one of those in in finding different um, tactics. Mm-hmm. Let's call it tactics. Yes. Um, in, in how to get to a better place um, and allow you to have that separation. I, I struggle with that, um, certainly. I, I'm, I'm so passionate about what I do. Um, my husband will tell you I go home and he can tell I'm still in my head about it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of tactics, strategies, you know, feelings, addressing the client, making sure they feel good, you know? And, yes. and, uh, and so I'm always thinking about how can I resolve this? I mean, I, you know, I'm a natural puzzle solver. I just want to, I want to do something about it and, and I can't stop thinking about it. So, but, uh, you know, as I mentioned initially, it's important to be caring for yourself um, and to give yourself the opportunity to be with your family Yes. Um, and love on them and, and, and get receive love from them without the distraction of work. And, and I, I'm, you know, I can't lie and say that I don't struggle with that. What I do are some of the tactics that I, that I do utilize to, to make that happen is I will separate um, the home life from work life. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have a home office. Um, I do bring a laptop with me if I need to, right? Um, now, this is not considering, you know, of course, this pandemic has us all, you know, all of us have a home office right now. Yeah, sure. um, but um, but I, I don't on purpose um, because when when five o'clock hits and we're closed for the day, um, I head home and I stop working. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I do that, I leave the work at work. Um, and then I walk into the door um, and and then I'm now Delilah at home, you know, mm-hmm. mom, wife, you know, leisure, you know, just to separate that time. If I didn't do that and my mind really was always on my cases, I wouldn't be as sharp as I could be if I didn't have that. You know, your brain is a machine. Mm-hmm. It needs rest um, to, to be able to run again. It needs oil to be able to run smoothly. You know, you got to think about your mind like a machine. If I'm working it all day, every day, I don't take the time to oil it or anything. Eventually it's going to break down. Mm, And what good is that for my clients? You know, Mm. when I have to take a day because my machine has broken down, well, they Mm. need that machine. They need it fully off. Right. Um, to think of those strategies, to think of those details about their case that matter. Um, and so that's what I do is I, I essentially stop things at five. Um, there was a, there's a neighbor of mine who, who's, who's always been executive at banks and, and is, is always real insightful about what he, you know, um, the gives like, um, right down the street from me. And so there was one time he gave me this, this, um, this example. He says, I think of going home like I'm taking off my um, my suit at the door. So he goes, he said, I think his dad taught him this, but he says he stands at his front door and he literally pretends like he's taking off the day and taking mm. off his um, mm-hmm. in his business and hanging it by the door 
and then he comes in so that he can be fully present for his family. Yes. Um, and that has always kind of stuck with me as well. So I do the same thing, but I do it literally. So I get <laughs> home and then I change. I truly change into home clothes outside of my suit, outside of my work clothes. Mm -hmm. um, I even listen to some music a little bit just to make that transition from work life um, to home life. Yes. And uh, yeah, and if I work on the weekends because I've got to do something, I have a strategic time I do that. It's a Saturday from nine to 12 and maybe two if it's extensive. Mm -hmm. um, but I try to keep my weekends devoted to my family um, and devoted to, to caring for the machine um, so that mm -hmm. I can hit the next week hard when things are happening and things are moving for us. Yes, yes. I'm, I, I love it. I, I, naturally, I'm, I'm passionate about holistic growth and and just that taking care of the, I mean, prioritizing relaxation and recreation can add the value that people are seeking um, in, in their professional space. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's said in books and podcasts, you know, pick one and, and, and talk about the value of getting time to disconnect, to rest. And I love the visual display that you talked about of like taking off the day and I mean, really, it's like this transformation process, trans transforming from a business Delilah attorney, you know, um, advocating for everybody and, and, and anybody and, and, and being passionate about that, but then becoming um, who is best for your family, um, which is being present there. So, and, and, I, and I, I think any business owner can relate because any business owner knows like we have like an endless list of responsibilities and each day, only adds additional items to those that those to-do lists so i think um hearing you prioritizing the brain that is a machine as you describe it and getting that oiled getting that rested so that it's best available for your clientele yeah no it's extremely helpful i think my my husband knows that and so um, I think we're always sort of working together um, to, to make home a different space for me. Um, and so I'm not, I'm very frugal. I'm not a buyer of things. I don't think about what I want on a typical basis. And maybe that's, that's why I like to do what I do um, because it's really not about me. And, and so he's the person that thinks about those things for me. He goes, well, what relaxes you? What, what makes you feel like you can get away? Well, you know, some simple stuff like board games and board games with the kids, like, you know, and he'll just, he'll just kind of dive into what are the recreational things that, that I think I need to distract me from myself. Mm, yes. get out of my and so sometimes it's simple, simple time with the kids, um, or watching brainless TV, you know, um, and mm -hmm. then other times, you know, board games or things like that. But We'll watch, um, we'll watch, not trying to promote any shows here, but we'll watch like, <laughs> you know, Before the 90 Days. That's one of our bonding times, you know, mm. we'll watch Before the 90 Days where we, you know, we've got couples just disastrously going wrong um, in other countries and watch, you know, as they're going through their, their drama. And it's just so entertaining to us. And it's just simple. It's just simple joy and bonding between the both of us. And it, it, it helps me separate uh, my brain from my cases at that point so that I can, you know, like I said, get the oil in. Mm, yes. I tell you what, there is something powerful about having a spouse that gets it. Like you were saying, like Craig does, like Craig gets, gets it. And really, you know, he understands the need 
that you have and then prioritize and hey how can i contribute to helping you know, again let me speak to, to the married people out there that are listening in so you're you're listening in um get yourself a great craig in, in your life who's able to help you disconnect and relax that is a, it's a beautiful thing and if you're listening in and you're like hey well you know what i could be a better craig you know maybe, maybe that's the principle too is how can you be a better craig to your spouse to help them disconnect from the intense focus that all of us can be prone to at times uh, when it comes to getting wrapped up in our in our career field all right, Delilah, let me ask you, one of your passions is being a shining light to people without knowledge of how the law works with estate planning and, and real estate. What would you like to do to help if, if you had unlimited resources and unlimited options there? Yeah, I mean, I think I would literally set up a table, you know, somewhere and just say, ask me questions about estate planning ask me questions about real estate ask me questions about probate you know um i think education is key right i mean people are afraid you know they're afraid to go to an attorney because they don't they're scared of what they might learn or maybe not learn or you know um, what things might cost even right i mean they feel like well well i don't have the funds for an attorney or i feel like it, it'll be too much you know well you know I wish, and I try my hardest, right? I, I am working on that. I mean, I think, again, you mentioned business owner, very, very, very busy. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if I had all the time in the world and, and, and my business wasn't taking me away from running it and, and advocating for the clients that I have, um, I, I would just, you know, basically set up a, a you know, some education for folks. Mm -hmm. Teach, 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 teach. It's lack of knowledge that is killing victims mm -hmm. and, and re-victimizing them. And, and so if I had the opportunity and the time to do something, I, I would just spend it educating, mm -hmm. you know, literally setting up stations to talk to people yes. and teach them, tell them in simple terms, this is what this looks like. Um, some people never, never learn, learn about, let's say estate planning, for example, and, and they pass away, and it's the kids that find out what that mm -hmm. looks like, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I just released a video, and I encourage anybody to go look at it, but it talks about the realities of what happens after. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's that isn't planned out, that doesn't have a will, doesn't have a trust, um, and how that divides up, and what happens to the family at that point. And so mm -hmm. it's the kids that end up educated, but I, I wish I could, I could be, a shining light and advocate for for folks in the education realm and at least let them know this is what this looks like mm -hmm. um, for you and answer questions for them. If I could do consultations all day, you know, um, like I said, that's the part I enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if nothing else was a factor, um, then that's what I would do. I would just educate. Mm, I love it. I love it. I, I especially love it considering what you said earlier about um, gray equals fear and anxiety comes from the unknown so what i'm hearing from you is you would do your part with your expertise that you've that you've gathered um to um to melt away the fear um and to really empower people with insight with knowledge and really to you know um drive away that anxiety you know the, the anxiety that comes from the unknown that you talked about um but, but you would you would really do your part in that that regard which again i think that's praiseworthy and noble so I, 
I, I, I admire that about you. Um, good. So let's talk about um, your advice to someone considering law school. So let's say somebody's tuning in. They're like, man, like that sounds pretty cool what Delilah does, you know? So, so break it down for them, whether you share about your journey, you talk, you talk about what, what counsel you would offer them who are, who are considering law school. All right, cool. So, I mean, I had to come to terms with the fact that I would not have my life while I was in law school. So I know that law school has that reputation um, of, you know, it must be really hard or, you know, but I think one of the things that it will take from you is time. Time, I mean, you will be reading 90 day, 90 pages of reading, you know, per night, per class, you know, do the next day after, you know, and, um, and so you have to be okay with giving up your life for it. So before I stepped into the, you know, the, the law school realm, I started, you know, studying for my uh, law school admissions exam and things. I told myself, okay, you know, you, you sometimes, you know how you have to talk to yourself sometimes in, in order to get your mind right. And so I would, I told myself, I said, okay, Delilah, if this is what you want, right? And, and, and this is where you want to go. You have to be okay with giving up birthday parties, graduations, um, gatherings with friends, um, dancing was one thing I gave up. I was a, a dance instructor. I, I had a group called Fuerza Latina, um, and, and it was an empowerment group uh, for females. Um, and we, we were there to just show them, I mean, they're all career women, right? So they're all career women. And, and my mission was to show girls that they can be anything they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my biggest passions, mm-hmm. but I knew, you know, that I had to stop dancing. I had to stop the group um, in order to find the time. So I had to give up things in my life and be okay with that and come to terms with that. You cannot walk into law school resenting it. Mm. The, the nights are too hard to resent it. So, um, so you know, and then at the time I was a single mom. Mm-hmm. So I had um, I had a daughter at the time, Alora, um, and I remember getting into law school um, when I had you know gotten my admissions letter to St. Mary's Law, mm-hmm. and I remember going. <gasps> I, I I looked back on her. She was sitting in her car seat. I remember. And I looked back at her and I said, we're going to school, baby. I'm going to be a lawyer. And, uh, and she was so cute um, because she's like, we're going to school. We're going to go to school. <laughs> this is adorable. And some of my classmates will tell you there were times where I had to take her to class with me, you know, mm. um, go to class and we put, you know, an iPad, you know, with some, you know, her little headset and she'd sit with me in class while I took my notes. Um, but you know, people around me sacrificed too. My, my, her grandmother, Wilma Sosa, and then also my mom, they would take her for me. So mm-hmm. they, they would, while I was studying for my LSAT in the evenings, while I was working for Dell, um, Wilma had her 
and she would take her and then sometimes I'd even spend the night at their house because it was late by then and and I mean the entire family was just kind of like circling around me my dad mm. was just helping me sanity mm -hmm. um supporting me through it and it's just like you know um but so that was you know I initially was a single mom when I went to law school and and so you know it was it was rough but but I knew that 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 was you know my those were my life um that was my life setup at the time um yes. and I had to be okay with that yes. and, and so went through it that way so I had to commit and be okay with not with the social stuff and not doing the social stuff um and and only doing the things I absolutely had to do which is like care for my daughter and and study yes. um and so you know um I had to again just mentally prepare for that I I think that you know I I I don't um, mention that because I want in any way to to be placed on any sort of pedestal for sure, doing sure. it, right? I think we all have our disadvantages as far as our time abilities and, and our ability to kind of get through things and our needs through a process like this. Um, but I think in this, this situation, it's really just doing what you have to do with the situation that you have. Um, and committing to it. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, there, there's something so, uh, there's something like powerful about you talking about sacrifice, right? Like birthday parties, gatherings, graduations, dancing. You talk about giving up passions, right? Um, naturally, um, in my realm of my, my industry of coaching, right? It's helping people to figure out what they want and help them move toward it. Um, but it, it, what's fascinating to me is seeing how many people want things but then they're not willing to make the sacrifices needed you know it, you know sometimes we hear the excuses around it oh i don't have time i'm like i i know you i know your family i know your responsibilities there's no way you don't have time let's you know I, i'm i i don't do this but i'm almost tempted to go let, let's do a time audit with how you're spending the time you do have how much netflix are you watching how many video games are you playing on your phone how many you know and how many how much time do you spend scrolling on social media or whatever it is but but um but when you have a goal like you had when it came to law school it was all right let me list out everything i'm willing to sacrifice in the name of this goal and i think that it's just relevant it's just relevant so um you know and i i, I face that now you know i think this other day i said you know what i, I might need to move Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram off of my present phone to another phone um, while I'm finishing up my, my, my book, right? I just, these are things that you just realize I need to sacrifice for a time period, not forever, but for a time period as you're hustling, like you were, like you said, your life was becoming um, law school and then everything else had to be sacrificed. So I think there's such power power in giving up to going up. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, I would say even a blanket statement of the reason you are giving yourself or other people for not accomplishing something is only one thing, an excuse. Mm -hmm. yes. There are people everywhere with shortcomings of all types, right? Um, of all types, disabilities. We had one in our law school class who was blind. Wow. She was blind, mm -hmm. right. Um, and, and she never realized her goal, and I'll tell you why. And she was in the middle of it, she passed away. 
before she graduated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you see people like that and you go, you have no excuse. Just do it. Yes. Just do it. Yes. Right? Because those excuses are, are gonna be, it doesn't do anything for anybody else. So you can tell me all day, I, I don't have time, I can't do this, whatever. And I will take that and it's not my dream and it's not my goal. And I'll hear that and then you will still not have gotten where you wanted to be. Real, real. The highest impact, the, the person you are hurting the most by making excuses about your life situation is yourself. Real. Pre preach that, Delilah. You give it to him. You give it to him raw. <laughs> Well, you know, you can't be a little passionate about that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't think that anybody should put. You know, I, I think that your journey is your story, mm -hmm. um, and it should be told um, of the sacrifices that you make. Um, but all of the, everyone has a story. Sure. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Some people aren't going to get through their story because they're so hung up on the dip in their life or the 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 weakness mm -hmm. um, in their life. The power through it right just power through it doesn't matter what's going uh, on and and uh, you know what I, I love that you you highlighted uh in the, the single mom um a, a angle of your story but and you talk about hey this was this maybe perceived obstacle but this won't be my excuse in fact it's not gonna just not just be my excuse but i'm also what i'm gonna proactively do is look at what resources do i have around me you know for you you know you looked at hey grandmom mom um, you know, uh, your dad, these are incredible resources, you know, Hey, and then really getting the buy-in and then having the village mentality that they, they had a, they had a, it seemed like they had a, a incredibly supportive, selfless mentality of, Hey, like we want to help, um, Delilah to accomplish this dream and right. how powerful it is to have people around you that want, they want you to succeed. They want you, they're, they're not just like this one, like an inward desire but there's outward action that also shows, hey, we are with you in this journey. I think there's something powerful about having a support system like that, that helped you to accomplish this dream. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we talked about the law school component. Now talk about the advice you would offer to someone starting out as an attorney. What advice would you offer that person? Um. Well, I, I, you know, I think one of the things that, that, okay, first hit the ground running. You know, you don't have time to, to breathe. Um, I would tell you, we graduate, a lot of people don't know this. When we graduate law school, we have, we have, we walk across the stage, right? Um, this year, not so much. Sorry, graduates. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot of work not to walk across the stage for us. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. That's <laughs> awful. Um, I hope they give them the chance to walk across the stage at some point, um, because that is, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. Um, but you, so you walk across the stage, um, and we actually move from the graduation stage to studying for the bar. So our bar study session. So it starts in May. You graduate right away. In the you know day one is tomorrow of mm. you know post graduation right so you've got your family and you're like yay graduated law school and then before you know it, you wake up and then you're like all right Barbary course number one <laughs> 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 mm -hmm. 
so you you know we're used to kind of uh, it doesn't stop it's just like this journey that just you know hammers at you and keeps going um and and so I, a lot of people don't know that we we go right into the bar exam so you know i think we're all exhausted after the bar you know we we go and we take internships because we're trying to get in the door and kind of figure it out and and so you know one of the pieces of advice i would give is hit the ground running be apologetically a leader mm. the apologies break that down for us right um and, and i say right be unapologetically a leader if you have a talent that can help in your firm or you have a strength in the law that you know man i am just amazing at property law i'm gonna you know if there's something you know you are good at if it's talking to people if it's being the motivator if it's talking in front of a courtroom and it doesn't make you nervous and that, that's just what you do if it's writing right um volunteer for those jobs mm -hmm. um you know, if the boss has a weakness, I know it's weird to think that a boss would have a weakness. <laughs> the bosses have weaknesses. And if they do, fill the role for them, mm. right? Um, oh, you don't like firing people? Cool, I can fire people, let's do this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, you don't like setting standards or it makes you nervous to do that. I will be your standard setter, right? Um, mm efficiency is bad okay we're, we're we're moving too slow on these cases all right let's see let's have a meeting on it what can i do to help let's so you find the gaps in where you're at and you explore them hmm. and then you feel it in exploring them and you own it and you make the work right so that's number one is just hit the ground running um you'll climb much faster in your career and and be unapologetic about it about it who cares how long you've been practicing law Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Here's you could have someone who's practiced law for 30 plus years, but their weaknesses far outweigh your strengths. Mm. Um, and so don't let the, the amount of time that you've been practicing dictate your abilities. Right. Yes. Um, and if you want to start a firm, start a firm, you know, be OK about that, too. You're going to have people that are going to be like, you're going to do that. That's crazy. You know, cool. Mm -hmm. Great. Right. Um, it's the stuff that people think are crazy that sometimes is most successful because you're spending, you're standing out on a limb to do it. Um, and you'd be surprised how incredibly successful you can become doing the thing that everyone else thinks is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but I also want to address, you know, number two is figure out what the, um, figure out the, the truths about your profession. Mm -hmm. So I know I talked about single motherhood, um and and there is a gender you know there's some gender things going on i think in in the legal profession um but i want to make it clear that this is the point i want to make as it pertains to that um don't think that because you are a female in the field that you will be given um um some forgiveness Mm -hmm. um, for things um, because of it. So it, it is, it's known that, you know, that, that male attorneys are, are you know, are, are maybe just assumed to be where they need to be um, at the time. Um, 
where they're at in your career and, and there's maybe a, a gap there or whatever. Um, but don't let that define who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you are um, moving forward in your career, don't be afraid to ask for the raises. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to show them what you've done to, to get there. Um, don't be afraid to show them what you've accomplished in the firm. Um, to show that you're deserving of it. Um, we are unfortunately in a situation where we have to take the career that we are in and the mentality of the career that we're in, and I'm generalizing. I mean, this is not the case everywhere. Sure. Um, my firm was all females. Um, every leadership position in that firm was, was female-based. So, um, And I guess what I'm saying is don't think of yourself as less than. Um, because you feel like there is that inequality there. Mm. Um, and it, again, it'll vary from firm to firm, but empower yourself to be who you are and live in that. Um, I don't want to, to to say that, you know, when I was young, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to be independent on my <laughs> own and I'm, I'm not going to need a man for anything, right? And my dad was like, man, that, that attitude you in trouble in the future. <laughs> um, but I grew I out of that. And, and I do think that there is, there is, you know, I have male mentors. Um, I have male colleagues that are empowering to me. I mean, yes. they're amazing. So, so you, you have to envision, you don't allow your thoughts about the culture mm-hmm. to dictate who you are and who the people around you are. Um, like I said, I've had, I have male counterpart or, or colleagues that are just amazing supporters to me. Um, so you just live in that. Um, where I am at now mentally and that I, I want to make sure that, that other females know is that I don't want to be put above somebody because of my gender. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to ask for handouts because I'm at a disadvantage technically, right, and culturally. Um, what I want to do, though, is be considered equally mm-hmm. amongst the males in my profession. Um, and and I will say that when you create your circle in your profession, you'll find that there are many people that will think just like that. You are just as good as the, the male attorney next door. Mm-hmm. Um, don't allow what you what you think is a inequality based on your gender to dictate or cause you to become less than in order to fit that stereotype um, or to fit what you think people expect um, mm-hmm. of you. So um, I I say don't ask for handouts because of your gender. Ask to be treated equally and provided with um, your um, raises, your climbing of the ladder, your business um, to grow based on your talent and what you have to offer equal to um, your male counterparts um, and just demand that that happens around you. I love it. I love it. I think you uh, you have a but there's there's so much package there, you know, I, I kind of want to highlight a few things you said. Uh, number one, you said, um, you, you you know, find gaps and fill gaps. You talk about me in the section of, you know, hitting the ground running. 
you know, I think that advice right there, that's applicable. And it, it's, it's such a, it's a transcendent piece of advice. And when I say transcendent, I mean, it's applicable to any industry, any field, any job. Um, if you're able to find gaps, you know, you talked about looking at your boss, do they have weaknesses that you could help contribute to? You know, in other words, you're helping to support your boss in a better way um, by filling up roles for them that they might have uh, current gaps with. Um, I think that there's there's power in that. You, know, you talk about finding the truths out about your profession, and uh, and, and looking at some of the realities, and then but but still having um, high expectations for the way uh, for opportunities that you are considered for, um, regardless of where you come from. You know, and and uh, but anyway, I, I'm vibing on all of that, Delilah. Thank you for that insight and your passion. And maybe we'll stay right in this topic, and we'll talk about. Uh, being a woman, you know, and being a Hispanic woman, what is what has this meant to you um, in being a, an attorney? Um, I what I, one thing I hope happens, um, and I have my nieces, and I have my you know the little ones in our my family that that are maybe you know right below my age or whatever is I hope that it it it, it sets an example you know, for other Hispanic women to, to do whatever they want. I mean, that, that, that is, I think probably the biggest theme in my life is, is I don't care who you are, do what you want to do and you can accomplish anything. Hard work will get you there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you'll learn more, but I think about where I get that from in my family, but it's, there is, there is a, um, it's simple. You work really hard. You put your eye on the goal and you move mm -hmm. and you move and then you move again and you push <laughs> going and then you, you know, next step and then next step, you know, and, um, and I think that having and you're right. I mean, I think it really connects with what I just said. I, I don't want anyone to put, I don't think anybody based on their race or their gender, disabilities or anything like that should place themselves below their ability to accomplish things mm -hmm. already you haven't even started don't put yourself further down the ladder than everyone else you're just as good mm -hmm. you're just as capable the only thing that it requires is hard work and sacrifice Ooh. right so, you know, I want to make sure that this sets an example mm -hmm. for others to say, it doesn't matter what color I am, doesn't matter, you know, if I'm a female, doesn't matter what disabilities I have. Um, I can, you can do whatever you want to do. You just set your mind to it and you work hard, but don't let society, don't let your surroundings make you think that you're incapable. So because you're a little Hispanic girl dancing folklorico in San Antonio, um, you know, with, with uh, you know, a mom who they used to hit because she spoke Spanish in school, you know, um, a dad who had to work himself up, you know, by studying really hard, you know, just because you are where you're at in life in the beginning, that shouldn't define um, your capacity to, um, to climb. Mm. I think if we're putting ourselves on a lower rung already, then you have to work twice as hard, right? Society's already going to do that a little bit in certain situations mm -hmm. and maybe in certain professions, but not always, mm -hmm. but sometimes. <laughs> but if they do, you know, 
let that be the thing you fight against, not yourself, really? right? And I hope that what it does is it shows people that all you got to do is work hard, um, just work hard and make the sacrifice that you need to along the way and reach for help as much as you can. And if you don't have it, then you just might not have sleep for a few days. <laughs> you know? Do what you got to do um, and make it happen. And I just hope that it, it sets that example for folks. Um, that it's okay to be who you are and still be successful. Right? Yes. I love it. There is uh, something there. I, uh, I might have to take this part of the interview, the whole interview, but especially this one and highlight it for, um, you know, my, my, my younger nieces, my, 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 my younger sister, um, my, my younger sisters. Uh, so they're able to hear that component. You know, I love I, I, the, the, the quote that came to me as you were sharing it was like, don't let your beginning circumstances dictate the hustle in your journey. So um, great passion there. Now, let's wind down the interview. I want to ask you the final question we have before we, we wrap up, which is what is your favorite quality of each of your family members? Oh, great. Um, well, you know, I get a lot of who I am from my dad. Hmm. Not gonna lie. Um, right along with the self-sacrificial uh, way of working, you know, hard for other people and for our goals. So my dad was, he'd met my mom. My mom had four children at the time, uh, my brothers and sisters. And, um, and he was studying and working full time. So he, you know, and then, and then they, of course, they had me and my brother, Damien. And so there were six of us in a household. Um, and my dad would study all night. And my mom still tells me these stories that he would just study all night. Um, and it didn't matter how long it took. Um, it didn't matter what he you do. He'd go to work, come home, go to class, study, you know, get great grades. He's a really intelligent guy. Um, and so he was my first example, right, of hard work. He is, he is a, um, he's, he perseveres. He is, um, he is a, a climber. He never gives up. He will just keep going. Um, I mean, he is determined. My dad has two or three associate's degrees in computer programming and now works for Accenture doing computer programming projects for them mm -hmm. um, after, after working his way around people who have master's degrees, you know, doctorates, uh, certificates and licenses of all types. Um, and so he, he is one of those folks that it doesn't matter what is going on in his life, which might be where I get that from, he keeps moving. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and even though he's got the associate's degrees underneath him, he works to be the smartest man in the room. Um, and so that's, you know, his, his highest quality is that he just perseveres and he's determined um, to no end. Mm -hmm. he, he will worry until he makes sure that he is, is known to be the top in whatever it is that he does. And he will work late nights and worry about it and make it happen until mm -hmm. it does. So um, that's what I'll tell you about my dad. I mean, that's, that's where I, I get a lot of it um, from. Um, sometimes we care too much. And mm -hmm. uh, I make that joke all the time is that dad, you gave me that, that caring gene. Like, you know, he cares so much he'll lose sleep over it. And, and so will I. So, mm -hmm. um, my mom, my mom, um, and stepdad, um, were always the biggest supporters for me. Um, in that it was so simple. Um, they, you know, if I wanted to read a book 
till two in the morning. I was a big reader when I was a kid. They were like, do whatever you need to do. I was in ROTC. They were at every, you know, uh, drill meet. Um, they, they were, if I needed something, if I wanted a book or whatever, you know, um, they were they were there to help me. My mom would scrounge together whatever finances she could to support me in everything they wanted to. And 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 Bruce would just love me. Like he just loved me. And mm -hmm. and when I hit a you know rock bottom, you know, you know those times where you just like you're hurting in high school because someone mm. broke your heart. <laughs> He'd have the, the talks with me, you know, oh you're beautiful, you're gonna be fine, and you know, this is something that they do, and yep, guys suck, and you know, and <laughs> and, and so when I'd hit those those low times he was committed so i would say being committed is probably his number one quality um my mom too sacrificial lamb and, and committed whatever i needed they they were just they're giving people even even to this day you know uh, bruce will go and work at the church and he just will give everything at the church he'll you know i go to mount gilead baptist and he will just go whatever they need what do you need Say I broke out, uh, you know, um, on the side of the road. What do you need? What can I, you know, so he he was just always a giver, um, as is my mom. So them as a couple were were really just just a, a big supporter for me. Mm -hmm. um, I would say they're committed and loving um, and caring um, in that sense. Um, my brother Damien, um, we're the underdogs. You know, I would say my family are a lot of times the underdogs. My my brother had went to high school and he took AutoCAD classes in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just a class that he took and he, and he was just amazing at it. And and then he had some rough patches in life and he did some other things. And, and But one of the things in his career is that he, um, he now is an AutoCAD technician and he's been doing it for years at this point. Mm -hmm. And so he took something, which was one course in high school, mastered it, you know, went through some things in life and now is still on top, you know, mm. doing what he did with his wife, Tara. And so, you know, my brother will take a hit and he will keep on going. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll take his moment, gather himself. And I think it's one of the, the most incredible things about him is that he's genuine. Um, he'll go through um, whatever life throws at him and he'll lick his wounds and then he'll keep going. Mm -hmm. and, you know, now he's successful and, and does what he does and I'm just so proud of him. And he now has his own business also doing um, drones. So he's mm -hmm. at the drone business as well. Um, and so it's just cool. It was, it's cool to see, have seen him, you know, climb that ladder. Um, my sister, same thing. I mean, and they're all, they're all kind of committed in what they do. They have degrees. Um, and, and one of them is an accountant is great with numbers. Thank goodness. Cause by the way, lawyers suck at numbers. <laughs> Unless you're a tax lawyer, then uh, maybe, maybe your world is a bit different. Um, but we struggle a lot with numbers. And so it's cool. Cause she just has mastered numbers has been at VIA for, for three years. And she's just, she's committed to, and she's the rock. Um, she's the rock of our siblings. Um, when things go wrong, she's, you know, always there. Um, and, and will guide you and she prays a lot. She's a God-fearing woman, um, my sister Julie. Um, my sister Rosemary, she's just always climbing the ladder. I mean, you know, we don't, she's always going after some degree. We don't even know what it is anymore. <laughs> um, I know she's a master 
um, and she she's in childcare um, as well with her husband, and uh, you know who's who is ex-military, um, and so she's also been committed and driven um, as well. But um, and then you know I have some brothers that they just give me lots of love, um, and they're just loving, and they mm -hmm. love me for who I am um, as well. Um, you know, Terrence, my brother Terrence, he he had gotten um, he had been in jail. Um, and, and had to do that for a while, but man, he has just risen to the top at this point in his life. He's got his wife, Stephanie, and they're doing great things um, as well. And my sister, Monica, who's a nurse practitioner. Um, <laughs> smart, smart woman. And she's the one that we've been calling about COVID-19 all the time, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, she is she's, she's loving almost to her own fault, right? I mean, she does so many things for people and sacrifices herself a lot. Um, and, and so my siblings have been just a real, you know, great example for me, um, having either all older than me, I'm the baby in the family. Um, and so it's just, it's just really cool, um, to kind of see what they're doing, um, as well. And, mm -hmm. uh, you guys, and you know about my, my, my husband, Craig, who's just, you know, um, giving and a supporter and a calm supporter for me. I mean, we are completely opposites. That, that man is a, a meditator. Mm -hmm. You know, ponders philosophy. We'll tell you everything <laughs> about religion. You know, and and we'll have quiet moments and think of things and speak softly. And I, that is not me at all. <laughs> and so he's he's a centering. He's a core. He's a centering person, and he centers everyone in our family. Um, you know, my daughter even, and my my son. We he really is just the calming force in our household. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, and complete opposite and it's absolutely what I need. I don't know mm -hmm. what I would have done if I married another lawyer. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Because I see a whole lot of up here and so he keeps us down here mm -hmm. and, and relaxed, you know, and calm. Keeps things calm. Yes. I love it. I, I, I love hearing about the, your favorite qualities about your family. It sounds like you have an, an unbelievably powerful support system. And I can't wait for the, the at the idea of them hearing some of um, the, your favorite qualities about them for them to be able to hear this part of the interview, especially. Well, good. Well, if, if you're tuning in here, I'm here with Delilah Walter. Um, she is a champion attorney at uh, Walter Law. Go over to her Facebook page. Give it a like. Just give her. Let her know the positive comments about this interview over on her on her Facebook page you know that you go, go ahead and give, give her that five-star review so she gets that if you're on my podcast go ahead and go over to the the, the Apple um, Apple music and our Apple podcast and go ahead and give it the five-star review um, leave a loving comment that would be great of course subscribe um, share comment ask us questions Delilah said she's passionate about questions feel free to ask questions anywhere this podcast is shown um, again, Delilah, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Derek. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you guys for listening. Mm, that's right. It's the Strong Life Coach Podcast. We speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life.